0: Yo what is up everyone pleased to be joined here on another Wednesday for the Balls ATB podcast joined by my boys Drew and a big shot Rob joining the you know the pod again for the third week in a row Uh, joined by the boys here got a a lot to unpack before we you know chopping into everything Drew Rob boys how y'all feeling today
1: man it's good to be back it's been it's been a few weeks a bit of a hiatus on my end as well as uh Lo and Alex hope they're doing all right but uh Great to be back on, and, man, we got a lot to uncover the last couple hours, so it should be a great show.
2: Yeah, man, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good show today, man. All is well this way, bro. Ready to dive into this, man. Let's do it.
0: All righty, man. Uh, Tennessee, obviously, it's like the biggest holiday right before Christmas, December 21st, early signing day period. Obviously, all the news the last week we've been seeing the early enrollees who are here for bowl practice make their way onto the field and kind of seeing some new names. Tennessee officially, uh, I think, welcomes 23 high school recruits alone today on both sides of the ball. Um, a ton of guys signing. I think we actually got, if not everybody in our class, to sign, which is just, you know, obviously in itself tremendous. Um, yeah, we lost, you know, at the end, we lost Sylvester Smith there. But if you look at the DVs, everything all around, uh, this, this class is, you know, as status as it is, year 200 Josh Heupel. From, you know, having his first class, you know, last year with Taven Jackson, not really, you know, Getting a full full class. I've said that multiple times on the show. This was his first real complete class, building it around his staff and his program of what he's put on the field. Obviously, a lot to break down in that, but just on paper looking at this class, Drew and Rob, it's it's a pretty, you know, good feeling for signing day for the balls. Not too many crazy booms, but the expected signees that did sign, you know, it's all around W.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard to complain about this class, just given the circumstances that, you know, the hype I had to go through, especially with, you know, still the ongoing NCAA investigation all throughout last summer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to stay within, you know, the top 15, I know that 247 Sports has us at 10, on three has us at 12. But stay consistently within that 10 to 12 range. I mean, you know, it's hard to complain. Yeah. Um, It's always nice as well to, like, really not have that many surprises either on the very first day of signing day. But uh, overall, though, I mean, you know, having David Hobbs and Shadavion Bradley and a couple other guys, too. I mean, this is, I mean, it's a great recruiting class, especially for our defense. And uh, it'll be exciting to see them, you know, have spring practice here very soon.
2: Yeah, man, real good class. I was, I was telling Brando um, <clears throat> the other day, any other year, this is probably a top five class, any yeah, other year. This is just one of those years where this 23 class is loaded. So in my mind, this is a, a top five class. It's just just so happened to be the year where it's a lot of good players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But defensively, Josh Heifel sat the staff down, told him it's a priority. He made it a priority. They got some really, really, really good defensive players coming in. And now all you got to do is develop. Get action on the field. That's all you got to do. By the way, Jordan Phillips just transferred to Maryland. It just popped up, so that's where he went to. I'm not sure I'd leave Tennessee for Maryland, but, hey, whatever. Good luck to you, my brother.
0: I'm not sure I'd leave Tennessee for Maryland by choice. I'll say that. So, um, obviously, one that was, you know, kind of crazy to see go. Let's break this down, boys. Uh, you know, the 2023 early Sunday, 23 commits, like I said, we're going to go offensive and then defensive with it. Uh, offensively, obviously, you got – you're a uh, program changing quarterback, five star quarterback, Nico Alivea. Uh Huge, huge pickup to get the that signing. That's not day. how you say his name, but go ahead. I, I watched the video, <laughs> Rob. Listen, listen, listen. listen. That's not I, how you say it. I watched the video, Rob. So like, you have
2: no excuse.
0: I know. I watched the video, Rob, and I still got it wrong, man. It, it's crazy. I mean, I'm going to get funny. it, though. If you think this is bad, imagine Bob Kessling. Yeah, I was about to game. say the same thing. Like, Bob is – Bob might He's somewhere my Arthur memed up, pissed off right now.
2: That dude wants to be at Ohio State. He doesn't even want to be at Tennessee, so he can take his ass on. <laughs> Damn, Rob. That's just how, tell
0: me how you really feel. Holy bro, shit. everyone
2: knows, bro. The only reason he's at Tennessee is because Ohio State didn't hire him. Everyone knows that. We all know it. That's right, why right, he's right.
0: here. <laughs> so – Obviously, you get the uh, the program training quarterback, number two quarterback in the class on most sites. Arguably, uh, the most talented, probably highest ceiling out of all of them, just because of how quickly he came up. Uh, the Vols, to be able to lock down that one, you know, for as long as they did get it through signing day with as much madness as it went down today. Seeing, you know, what Oregon went through, just to, you know, finish out their day. I'm glad that wasn't us, you know, not too many surprises, but you know, getting that locked down. First, number one, Nico. Anyone else, you know, could have been, you know, been gone, and left. As long as Nico was getting in this class, I think everyone can agree they were going to be happy. Uh, moving on, four-star, uh, top ten ranked tight end, Ethan Davis. Uh, I feel like this is one of the hugest, you know, biggest pickups in the class, just, you know, coming off an injury. Going to be able to come in early to a tight end class, and tight end room that's, you know, kind of thin. Uh, obviously, Cameron Sullivan, everyone knows he's been compared to Debo Samuel, four-star athlete, number two athlete in the class. Huge pickup for the balls there. Uh, also, five like, star. you think he's gonna be a five star? I think he, he should
2: He should finish as a five star. I think the yeah. first was it like I think he's a 34 players, a five stars. I think he's like number 35, like he's one He's thirty-six. Yeah, yeah, one spot away. So, yeah,
0: uh, then the you know Nathan Leacock, wide receiver guy. You know, when he committed to Tennessee, was a three star, unknown in North Carolina football. Now he's a top 14 ranked wide receiver, top 100 prospect in the end, going all that. Tennessee getting fair... the staff. oh yeah man Great Tennessee evil. uh Tennessee getting that one done after kind of, you know missing out all the Cardinal tape drama trying to get that top wide receiver I think Tennessee easily got a wide receiver one in this class just off the film alone like this guy was having you know five touchdown six touchdown games and it's just <laughs> a crazy the half <laughs> yeah a crazy pickup there uh, moving on to you know Glenn Ellerby's section of the the offense on the offensive line <clears throat> four star offensive tackle Sham Umarov from mm-hmm. Alpharetta Georgia. Huge pickup there, big body, a guy that's, you know, I feel like he kind of committed early and, like, people are going to be able to see this guy in three to four years at the core yeah. offensive line. And he's going to be a guy, like, you look back, like, <clears throat> that was a huge, huge pickup. Uh, also, you know, from uh, Pike Road, Alabama, Bison Lang, another huge pickup that, you know, came in for the Florida-Bama game, got him to commit early. Uh, huge, huge signing for that, you know, on the offensive line. Yeah, it's not the, you know, the biggest prospects in the offensive line, but I feel like with Glenn Ellerby's evaluations, like, Georgia wanted this man bad. He's a well-known offensive line evaluator. This guy is going to get these guys to come in and work. Uh, closing off that offensive line class, he also signed Mountain Mount Juliet native. Kerry Ball's member, uh, Aiden Bussel. So, Bussell, huge, huge pickup there. Um, I feel like that guy is one that's underrated just because against gets Tennessee ball. You're not going to get a highly ranked in middle Tennessee coming from Mount Juliet. But the size and, you know, the physicality is all there. Tennessee, another wide receiver they picked up from Liskam Academy, Nate Spillman. And then uh, running back Khalifa Keith, who we stole from Kentucky later on. I'm looking at these, you know, offensive, this offensive class alone. Uh, obviously, the five-star in your quarterback, Nico. Cameron Seldon could have been a five-star. Ethan Davis, you know, was projected to be a five-star. Colin so before his uh, shoulder surgery and was going to go off in his senior year. This is, you know, a team that has, you know, five four-stars, one five-star, and the rest high three-stars. I mean, this these guys, all their family look at it the staff values it, it's production, and these guys look like they can come in and produce.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think everyone's excited about Nika, but honestly, dude, I think the one guy that I'm excited about, that I think they can make it an impact early is Shanton Boomeroff. I just think there's going to be a lot of opportunities yep. on the offensive line, and, you know, we need I, we need all the depth that we can have on the offensive line, too, especially with, you know, Darnell Wright and a couple other guys leaving, too. So, I right. think he has a golden opportunity. Um you know, it's like what I told you the other day, Brando, though. Like, the only one, like, that I'm just still iffy about is still Deshaun Bishop. I just don't I, – well, I know the kid had over 5,000 rushing yards in the last two years, but you know how I feel about Tennessee high school football. So, I, it's not the best, but I understand why they did it. But I just – I kind of feel like we're giving up
0: a scholarship. I, I, I didn't include him on my list just because that very fact has been a back-and-forth thing with the staff. I think everyone kind of pictured – that Deshaun Bishop would end up in this 2023 class. But I think going over the last few days, I wouldn't be surprised to see some information come out that there is some kind of NIL involved, preferred walk-on kind of gray shirt scholarship. What I was told is that he was not on scholarship. It kind of makes sense since the uh, official account, Tennessee football and Heifel didn't put out a tweet or a graphic for him. Mm -hmm. I think this was a guy that, you know, if he wanted to hop in, he was welcome to obviously it came down. But Chadwell leaving at coastal Carolina, Tennessee, and App State, where he felt comfortable with. Yeah, it was a walk on, but I think the hometown hero thing kind of plays in. Obviously, the production is there, but he got so many carries against little competition. It's going to take him getting into an SEC weight room and being able to get involved in that rotation that is now stacked than ever with, yeah. you know, Jabari, Jalen Wright, and uh, Dylan Sampson. You know, if the balls hold that running back room through the offseason, there's mm-hmm. just going to be little time, you know, so. I think overall, like, you already have Khalifa Keith. He's going to make his way as a bigger back with, you know, the loss of Justin Williams, Thomas, and the Whitehead. Whiteheads. So, I think the path is there for Deshaun Bishop. Maybe not year one, maybe not year two. But I think if you, you know, trust the process, that's a guy that before he leaves Tennessee, he sees some on the field action. He may be earning his scholarship, but I don't think that he was a, a offensive commit scholarship signee officially today. that make yeah, sense?
2: Yeah, he um... – <clears throat> He, he has some 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 issues or whatever, you know, that was concerning with the staff. Um, I personally think if he puts his head down, he works hard and just dedicates dedicates his mind to it. Then I believe that, you know, people might not like this comparison, but from what I see on film, I feel like he reminds <laughs> me a little bit of Tyon Evans. He reminds me a little bit of him. Got a little bit of speed, got yeah. a little bit of power to him, just as well. He's he's not maybe. little. He's not yeah. little. He's not little at all. But you know, maybe he can catch something out the backfield, break a couple tackles, and go home. You know, that's just what his film reminds me of. You know, not saying he'll be like Tyon Evans, but his film right. reminds me reminds me of that.
0: I'll say I'll say this over the years as a Tennessee fan, I've seen you know more questionable pickups. If Tennessee was able to get a five thousand yard rushing guy, back to back, Mister State of Tennessee football. 64 rushing touchdowns over the two years where he had 5,000 yards. Yes, it's Carnes. Yes, it was a run-heavy offense, but the way that he made people miss the highlights that he did have. Anyone that you talk to from the Knoxville area that stepped on the field with him will tell you that he was the truth, and that if he gets behind, like the you know the players, it's going to be you know always there. I definitely agree, man. He might be like a Tyon Evans kind of thing, like a bowling ball guy that's going to be able to you know break in. The staff, you know, they love him on both sides of the ball, believe it or not. you When you think of Deshaun Bishop, all you've heard about is his running game. But apparently he's, you know, even though it's kind of little compared to SEC DB size, he'll go out there and hit you and make a stop. The staff likes him at corner for that uh, physicality reason, just of how fast the defense has to play uh, being on the field so much. So, hey, if he doesn't, you know, find his way, you might see what the staff has done with, you know, recruits like last year, like Cameron Miller and moving from wide receiver or running back you know, DB corner or safety Mm -hmm. all in all, man, I don't hate it. If you didn't have to use a scholarship, even if you did, I think either way I would be fine with it just because of where Tennessee's at. I think they know what they're doing scholarship wise just because of the ongoing investigation, not knowing what kind of penalty you're going to get hit with. Like they could, to be honest, the NCAA on their way out, they could decide to bend us over one more time after all the success we're having and just, you know, mess with us. So I think Tennessee, you're seeing it with the three transfers, all offensive transfers and McCallan castles. Uh The kicker from uh, Charles Campbell, the kicker from Indiana, mm-hmm. and
2: uh, got the linebacker uh, today. Yeah, from, no, no, uh, uh,
0: Andres, oh, Andres Carrick, man from uh, Texas, who is yeah. arguably my favorite pickup up today. Getting him signed to Texas but That guy visited Bama, was going to visit other schools. Uh, it was very quiet with his recruitment. Picks Tennessee. Tennessee gets the number one offensive lineman guy. And then, like Rob said, uh, Tennessee hopping on the defensive side too, taking the BYU linebacker. Uh, Keenan Pilly, a huge, huge Samoan pipeline pickup for the Vols. Uh, the Utah defensive staff member that came over through the offseason, secured that one up. A huge, huge gift for the Balls defense. Uh, yeah, it was a class of 2016, but he's gotten better every single year. Last year, tore the ACL. This year came back, uh, 60 tackles off that season and was a defensive leader for BYU. So I definitely think with you know Jeremy Banks and Juwan Mitchell possibly leaving, guaranteed to leave, that leadership and, you know, uh, experience that veteran kind of guy is much needed in that locker room for the linebackers.
2: Yeah, I agree, man. Um, I think that's a really solid pickup. I think it'll it'll bode well for the staff. Um, A lot of people – see a lot of people complaining about, oh, man, we need to get cornerbacks, cornerbacks, cornerbacks. Um, I don't know if y'all looked in that portal or not, but it ain't really that – That many good cornerbacks in the portal right now. And you also got to think about it like this. If a really, really good cornerback, a really good cornerback is in the portal, that'll tell you something. That'll that'll tell you something. That might not be a fit for your locker room. It might not be what you want. It's a year two and Josh Hyper's program going into year three. You do not want cancer in the locker room. We've seen what happened a few weeks ago. We're not gonna talk about that. Mm -hmm. But when you get a little bit of cancer in your locker room, you see what happens. This Mm. team literally should be the number four seed in the playoffs right now. They had a little mishap, boom. They got their teeth kicked in by South Carolina, and now you're playing Clemson in the Orange Bowl when you should be in the playoffs. So you got to be careful who you pick and choose. And if I'm <laughs> Josh Heupel, being completely honest with you, I don't care how good of a player from Texas A&M is. I'm not touching not one Texas A&M player. Oh, yeah. I'm not touching one of them. Yeah. Because you all know mean, what they want. They all got 000, 000 a million dollars apiece, yeah. so whatever they got. You know what I'm saying? Not touching
1: hey. That's a good point, Rob, because, you know, I remember last year around this time of the year that we were excited about getting Kamal Came from mm-hmm. Auburn. But the thing is, just because you have one big time program doesn't mean that necessarily if you go to another, that fast really so and especially at a position like DB, like if you're not getting any playing time at DB at one of those power five schools, there's probably a reason as to why you're not getting any playing
2: time. Especially at Auburn because their <laughs> secondary is <laughs> horrible. <Yeah. laughs> so he I mean, did, he went there for spring. He was on there for spring, and then he transferred to Tennessee. Yeah. So that ought to tell you something right no. there.
0: I exactly. mean, yeah, you look at you look at those guys like the offensive pickups. Like our kicker is from Indiana. That's our only Power Five transfer pickup right now. I don't think BYU's. They're not in the conference, right?
1: Now, I mean, you, they got, are. you forgot about you forgot about Texas too, though. That's a Power Five technically. Oh so. yeah,
0: it's yeah, very Tech. true. The Big Twelve. The only Coming one that's the not SEC. is uh, Yeah. Yeah, the how from UC Davis, man. But, like, still, like, you saw them go after, you know, uh, the guy from Shorter, Morlock, a guy that was unheard of from the public. You saw him, you know, get involved with the Rhode Island guy. Ended up winning their number one guy, though. Florida you know, State loading was, up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you got <laughs> man, Florida stay State and Auburn up. going crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I look at it, though, obviously, like, the, the corner comedy you had, man. Like, this class is already loaded. The DB, yeah. you got Ricky Gibson and Jordan yeah. Matthews who look like Five no DBs. It, yeah, yeah. And then Jordan Matthews and Ricky Gibson in their own high school career, like they, they didn't allow many completions at all. Like they're projecting to come up, you know, going to get some early playing time. Yeah, you saw the departure of Sylvester Smith, but I think you got to be smart even taking a DB in the class uh, and who you take as a DB yep. in the transfer portal. Just because if you do, like, you know, the balls being involved with that uh, AM entry, like you said, NGK, uh Grow's Graves, or Graves Kilgrove over there. You know, if you take a four-year guy after you just sign this crazy class and that guy becomes a starter over one of your recruits that has the same amount of years, I think, you know, it's going to make upset in the recruiting process. Mm -hmm. And if you go – you're more than likely to take a 2 to you know, one- to two-year guy, veteran guy, you know, has proved to play ball. And if you can go and land a guy like that, which I think Tennessee very much will, they know Mm -hmm. that, you know, corner, tackle, and wide receiver are their three biggest needs right now. And I think you're going to see them uh, kind (laughs) of execute that in the next week or so. I think Tennessee's getting involved heavy in some cases right
1: now, so – and I think people need to realize as well, though. I mean, like you know, they still have another two and a half months as far as recruiting goes on oh, yeah. an incoming freshman um in mm-hmm. so, I mean, you can expect that as well. And honestly, I mean, like what like you said, Ricky Gibson, Jordan Matthews, and even Jack Luttrell. As far as our secondary goes, I'm not John worried. Slaughter. Slaughter too. Like I mean, Slaughter's I'm a dog, bro. Too entirely worried about that unit. I think like where we need to focus on more than anything else is offensive line. Because you just got to have two or three guys in rotation, especially if it's a type of offense. That can yeah. be consistently played at a high level. And defensive line as well. That was our yeah. killer more than anything else this year is the fact that we had maybe four or five guys on the, play on the defensive line, and that's it. You
0: know? Exactly. The, the defensive side of the ball, man, is just the thing. The staff is being way more precautious on the defensive side of the ball and who they get yeah. involved with. And then when they get involved lately, they've been too late in guys You know, like going to other schools like Caleb Banks who went to Florida. Yeah, and the Arizona guy that went to USC. You just got to be early, man. Like, yeah, they're evaluating. I, I, I love to see him get involved. But that is a, a huge address of need. I'm, you know, fully confident coming off the edge of what we built over the last year. James Pierce Joshua just taking the next steps and yeah. and Caleb coming in. Roman yeah. Harrison potentially, you know, returning another season. I'm not worried about that. But the interior, I definitely think it needs some work just, you know, get involved. Um you know, obviously still got Omari and DeJon Terry there, but the death piece is, you know, seeing Jordan Phillips leave, it's just kind of like, eh, like why are guys leaving in an already thin position? But I definitely well, think it comes down to precaution.
2: Yeah, I think about it, man. Um, if if you're if you're leaving and you play a position where Rodney Gardner rotated, what, 12 guys this year? If you're leaving <laughs> in a position where Rodney Gardner is rotating 12 guys and you're not playing, chances are you're probably the problem for one, all right, for two. OK, when you don't have pass rushers that can get to the quarterback, your secondary becomes very vulnerable. Our secondary. Don't get me wrong. It's not. It's not the greatest. It's it's pretty doggone bad. But I tell you what, I'll tell you what, there are some days where the defensive line showed up and they got home and the mm-hmm. secondary was able to hold their own. You can only cover for so long. Think about it. Here's, here's a perfect. I'll give you a perfect example. Hendon Hooker scorched Alabama secondary. Why? they could not get to Hendon Hooker. They couldn't get to him. Yeah. And vice versa, what did Bryce Young do? Bryce Young, they couldn't tackle him. And he just picked the secondary apart. If you don't have a defensive line getting to the quarterback, your secondary is going to look horrible. Alabama got five stars everywhere all over that defense and they couldn't touch Hendon Hooker and they got scorched what happens.
1: I think that's a great point, Rob, too. Because, like, if you also remember last year with, like, you know, a couple of guys like Matthew Butler and a couple others as well, like, our defensive line was much better than it was this year in terms of, I think the average, I think, I said fifth or sixth in the nation in 2021 of tackles for loss, you know. On, it was up there, I, yeah. So, that, like, covered up a lot of the faults that the secondary had. And, like, don't get me wrong, man And it was Rob,
2: still bad. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll be, they're trash. I mean, they're just yeah. I mean, they are. Yeah. But like, if you have a if you have a defensive line that can be able to get to the quarterback, as yeah. Rob perfectly said, it covers up a lot of things. And I think that is why you saw Heupel and Gardner emphasize on getting guys like David Hobb, Shadavian Bradley, you know, uh, Caleb Herring as well. I mean, and stack up on that side of the ball because mm-hmm. it, it killed us this year. I mean, that it potentially cost us a college football playoff spot.
0: No, yeah, man. I think I 100% agree. The defense, you know, obviously it has to be like, you know, match that offensive play. I know they play a lot on the field, that they can make plays, you know, the defense isn't built to be a lockdown, you know, whatever. But if you can come out, you know, catch a ball at first, you know, hop in front of a ball, you know, pick the ball, create turnovers off the edge. That's what is, you know, built, you know, to match our offense and how fast we go is, you know, get a turnover quick and get the ball right back. I definitely think this class, like you said, and leading in, we you know covering the defensive part of this, you know, class, you definitely see that off the edge and the DBs. Obviously, uh, four star uh, quarter, Jordan Matthews from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, big win over LSU. Who 21. looks the part? As a true oh yeah, man! Like the kid's already the perfect. <laughs> he size, looks the man. part. Yeah, his film is just incredible. I think he was yeah. in a huge all-star game. That guy was a guy that LSU wanted bad late. You know, wanted to have his own path and go to Tennessee uh, after his father went to LSU. So, huge pickup there. Obviously, on the other side of him, Ricky Gibson, four-star, uh, was ranked the number 32 corner in the 2023 class from Alabama football. Arguably the best corner in Bama, in my opinion. I know there are a lot of stacked corners in the 2023 class, including Tony Mitchell and some others, but i definitely look at Ricky Gibson, the guy that, you know, didn't allow a completion almost all year long. All year long. That That's pretty insane, man. You finally saw him get up there late. That was a late recruiting win. Over Georgia, you look at the line, like you said, the five star from uh, Concord, North Carolina, David Hobbs making it official coming to Tennessee, a guy that wants to work and be in Rodney Garner's system and a guy that, you know, has the potential and has already been projected as a first round pick on many boards and evaluators. If that guy, you know, hops into the Rodney Garner system, we can be sure that that guy is probably going to end up a first round pick if the development's there, uh, you know, joining him, uh, Caleb Herring, like you said, to and Bradley on the edge. He had some interior guys, in-state guys, Nathan Robinson from Greenbrier, Tennessee, uh, Trevor Duncan from Knoxville, Tennessee. Guys that you know are going to start off on the defensive side first. Trevor Duncan could be a guy that might make his way over to the offensive side and the offensive line, but you know his defensive side impression made Ronnie Garner. He was the guy that recruited him most, so a huge pickup for the defense there uh, at the safeties. Like I said, Jack Luttrell. And my dog, John Slaughter, I feel like those are two guys that are on special teams in their film. like They they shined out. Jack might come here and be like punt returner one by his mm-hmm. sophomore year, just in my opinion. It might take up some while to you know, get to SEC defense. But I definitely yeah, he's think, underrated. I definitely think Jack is way underrated. And then a lot of people definitely. kind of you know dismissed him just because of his energy and his confidence. Good. But, man, like on the field, man, Like he's going to come off a break, off the ball, off the line of scrimmage and hit you, man. He's one exactly. of those physical corners. And you don't really see that, man. So they don't call him white-lighted for no reason. That guy is going to be a, a huge part of the defense. And then my dog, Slaughter, man, was really, really happy to see him uh, hop in. Arian Carter, can't forget that one. Huge uh, re- recruiting win over Alabama late in the process. Nick Saban and man. Bama stood up at that man. Me and Rob talked about this last week, Drew. They stood up forward. at this man's high school at Smyrna, Tennessee. I don't know if you looked on Google Maps, the route back to uh, Tuscaloosa, but it's nothing. And I just know that Pete Golden, his whole way back, man, there was nothing to do but just be in pain, man. So that was a a huge, huge pickup, in my opinion. Um, The biggest one, maybe one of the most slept on, Rob, Tyree Weathersby for Rodney Garner. That he guy, slept on
2: by me. I'm telling you man, right now. I think wait. he has the potential to be the best in his class on the Oh D-line. man, I I, I
0: I truly do, and I think I really you know, know him. Him finally getting that that four star rating was a must, just because yeah, this absolutely. guy, this guy is a dog. He played in the lower part of Georgia high school football, got buried in all that talent down there. But with Tennessee evaluated them, they took him off the rip. Uh, a lot of SEC schools involved there, and that was that was a huge, huge, huge win. And then I look at the linebackers, man, Jalen Smith. Led Grayson in High School in tackles, 6A, you know, defensive player of the year. Huge pickup there at linebacker, a top 20 ranked at linebacker there. And then going into Georgia also for the third time. Getting Jeremiah Teelander, man, is severely underrated, maybe the most underrated in this class. I'll Who also
2: against... looks the part as a true freshman. Oh man,
0: <laughs> he recently played in the uh, the Georgia All Star game, and that or no, it's the state championship little bit so embarrassed the, state the Georgia and, offensive line. Yeah, and uh, Bo Bo Hooley, the Georgia, you know, signee and now commit signee or commit and now signee, got absolutely torched by Teelander off the edge and just the pressure. So I think this class. Um, like we always said, when they get that class, you definitely saw it this one, the blueprint off the edge and that D B mm-hmm. getting those guys to come in and make plays, man. And then, you know, locking down two top twenty ranked linebackers, man. When you just lost potentially two, we don't know if Juwan Mitchell's coming back. This defensive side of the ball, you know, we complained about defense all year long and like the help is on the way. Like Cam Newton said, the help is on the way. So
2: the question is, though, the question is, you know, ryan and Garland, <clears throat> if you can play, you can play. The problem I have with Willie Martinez is, is he does not like playing young people. He yes, doesn't like it. that is very if, true. So you just, you just got more athletic. You just got faster. You just got better today. You got a lot better in three phases of the game where you needed to get better. Athletically wise, you know what I mean, being faster. <clears throat> Will he play him? That's the question. He doesn't like playing young guys. He has to well, take some grown planes and play these guys. In my opinion, if they deserve to be on the field,
1: I will. I will say this: if I, if you know, when we play Virginia next year in you know Nissan Stadium, and I see fucking Kamal Haddon go out there that first, <laughs> game,
0: <laughs> my muscle, you know what's happening, bro, or Will Willie Martinez back there. So, so I'll say, and on the field. I'll say with that, man, like this year, I think we complained like whenever it got bad after South Carolina, like it took an embarrassing loss like that for us to finally like, you know, rip the Band-Aid off of that state because we were winning games, man, obviously getting wins, you know, losing to Georgia was one thing. The DBs, man, in that game was just atrocious. You know, I would have rather had, you know, uh, what's his name, Williams, whatever out there, like the walk on a Williams Wright, like William Wright. He was, you know, a guy that got started. So. Drew, I agree with you, man. Nashville come Nashville next year, man. I want to see, you know, a rotation. I want to see veteran guys involved. But I also want to be able to see, like, more rotations and all. And I don't want them to wait too long, even if we have success in games with our offense. You know, we're winning games. If there's problems on the field, if there's, you know, mismatch where we're getting beat and, you know, going in back and forth, shootout games, make a change before it's too late. Because this class, man, this day and age. You see guys hop in and hop out all the time in the portal. And if you don't make one guy happy, man, you got to give this guy a shot, man. They didn't go into this class and invest everything they did in the future of NIL and, you know, recruiting. You know, there's so many different fundamentals to college football recruiting now. And a lot of it's going to go into it, man. I definitely think the talent is 100% there. No, I mean, I agree completely. But, like, you know, luckily – with this high-flying
1: offense and just being able to score on every single drive, you can afford to have, like, you know, well, like, learning pains, you know, and learning curves along the way with these defensive backs. And, like, mm-hmm. Mar- Willie Martinez needs to realize this isn't, you know, Butch Jones running the show anymore. Like, you know, like, we actually have some confidence for one. And, like, you need to allow to have those guys to be able to make those mistakes because how do you expect them to have grow any confidence as a player on the field if they're not going to get a shot at all? Especially exactly. no, they know one mistake they make, it's done for. And, I mean, guys, like, it can't get any worse than what we saw this year with Kamal Haddon and Christian Charles. And, I it can't get worse. It Literally, are. it's impossible to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: it's impossible, like, man.
1: 10 years ago, I mean, like, it's just, it can't get any worse. And, like, I think he needs to realize he needs to give these kids a shot. Yeah. I hope he will. But, uh, I mean,
2: we'll see. He ain't going to have a choice, man, because at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you right now i think hype understands i truly believe he understands that i'm not gonna say he effed up but he effed up Mm -hmm. you won 10 games in year two still with a semi-depleted roster you won 10 games if that defense is still a problem next year you got the same guys out there hype is gonna have to go to martinez and be like hey f this put them out there, take them off the field. It's not working. It can't get no worse. He's going to have to. Hype's going to have to do that. If he does not do that, you
0: already know. Knox, the city of Knoxville is going to run him out of Knoxville. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, no, yeah, for sure, man. Um Obviously, Tennessee doing this, you know, a couple weeks ago, offensive coordinator Alex Golish departures, you know, to close this kind of staff, man, a lot of this had to do with him. But I think, you know, our biggest recruiters, like, when I look at, you know, guys in this class, man, uh, props to Josh Hypel. I feel like he's involved in every single recruitment. I feel like he doesn't get credit enough as the recruiter he is. This guy is like probably, you know, as a head coach, you don't see it often. You rely on your staff. Josh Heupel is recruiting his ass off, man. Like he's going into these in-home visits and, you know, you know, talking to these kids' families and, you know, convincing them to come play for his program and, you know, everything he done in the field. Him, uh, BJ, uh, BJM, Brian G. Marie, the linebackers coach, man, a hell of a class, hell of a signing, man. Getting to Arian Carter in late, Jalen Smith, Jeremiah T. Lander there. That, and that was all hype, opinion. though. That was yeah. all hype. Oh, Carter, oh, Arian, Car- Arian Carter. Hype. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He went I on the
2: Swain show last week and said basically, if it wasn't a yeah. hype, I wouldn't be here. So crazy. Yeah, and to Josh even in
0: his uh, yeah, in his commitment, he was like, you know, Josh Hype, I believe in everything he's building yeah. with that, man. So, like, at that position, man, I much needed, you know, Josh Hype was an offensive minded coach. Is so he the guy defensively, you know, still be able to hop in and be like able to trust that? That, w- that was one thing for me. The in state talent, man, locking down to say, like, we didn't, you know, there was a lot of mock drafts leading up to the year, but the in state talent that we did go in there and snag, man, I feel like it's probably one of our better in state classes. And, you know, to you know, lock down the state moving forward for a 2024 class is probably the best in state class. I think this year's class was a, a huge stepping stone to put forward next year locking down the state as well.
2: Got the number one and number two player in the state. I mean
1: defense. That's the thing as well. It's like, you know, even though the state of Tennessee doesn't really necessarily produce as much talent as like Georgia or Texas right. or Florida, you got to lock down your top three guys. I mean, yep. it, it's one thing if you don't get the number one guy every single year, but if you don't get any of those top three or even top five and like, and that's what we saw under the last couple of regimes, you know, over the program, like you got to lock down your own state. I mean and i think you know he's been able to do that and you're seeing now i mean like it it feels a little bit like you know the former days in the sense of like getting some of those guys from georgia as well and so yeah i mean it's it's exciting times uh i mean i think in 2024 i think it's not unrealistic to you know ask for potentially a top five recruiting class too um especially uh, yeah, with State talented i mean you gotta you gotta find a way to be able to separate yourselves among from, you know, from the LSU's and the Florida's and the Texas a We're literally almost there. I mean, we're getting close to the same level as Georgia and Alabama. And I think with next year's recruiting class, if you can get a top five, then you're right in there in that same conversation with Alabama and Georgia.
0: Uh, I definitely see that, you know, being in in the realm, and I think it's probably most likely going to happen. I think, obviously, you already got Caleb Beasley and Jonathan Echols locked in there. You got another in-state defensive lineman, Carson Gentle, locked in there. Like you said, man, this, though, I'll I give it to this class. It's going to, you know, be able to build off and go into this class because, you know, all the talent and early, you know, production time there is possible with this class. That going forward for the 2024 is going to be, you know, a much new thing. And then 2024, like Josh Heupel and them are finally getting, you know, involved. That's going to, you know, kids are taking effect of what they've done on the field. Uh, NIL wise. This is just going to be, I think, an explosive thing. But this class right here, man, I think it's going down in the books. It's probably one of the best since, you know, Butcher's class in 2015
2: or 16. Yeah, it's been a while, man. When you can, <clears throat> when you can go into recruiting battles and beat out teams like Alabama and in Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. When you can, when you can beat those teams out for the players that you want, you're you're, you're heading in the right direction. Like for a while, no one saw Davion Hobbs coming here. For a while, no one in their right mind thought Nico would actually come here because <laughs> Alabama and Georgia start pushing hard. Then Oregon start pushing hard. You see what Oregon did today. Oregon closed very strong. I think they're like oh, man, top they five crazy. now. They, they closed Dante. strong. You they know, so they, Dante,
0: they money,
2: even man. had a couple flips. That's the crazy part. They had a couple flips and still got into the top five, man. So when, when you're beating teams out for schools like that, you're headed in the right direction, man. You, you're really doing something good. And me personally, I. My favorite player of this class, who I want to see really, really do well oh, to ask know, is, is Jalen, man. Jalen Smith. I yeah. I I really think he is probably, in my opinion, one of the most underrated linebackers in the entire 23 class, like in the country, because y'all yeah, I think about I like this. I was listening to um AP on a podcast a while ago, and he said any other year besides this year, he's a take at Georgia. Any other year, he's a take. If Georgia would take him any other year, I would take him any other year as well. You know what I'm saying? The, guy, the kid had better stats than Owen Papu. Owen Papu is a five-star. I think he was like number, top five linebacker in the country. And Jalen Smith shattered all of his records. All of his records. Yeah. yeah so
0: he had, I, I'm high
2: on Jalen Smith. Very high. I, 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 Jalen
0: Smith. James yeah. Smith had 154 tackles, 17 for loss, 12 quarterback hurries, 7.5 sacks, two forced in fumbles. In the toughest division an in the United States of America. Of high school 2022 football. 2022 Regional Defensive Player of the, the year. year. There is not a tougher man, man, shit, man. high
2: school football division in the United States than where he plays.
0: Justin says hi, Rob.
2: What's up, Jager? How you doing, my brother? Thanks for hey, watching, man. Now, man.
0: now I mean, that's where
1: but dude, I I agree completely someone that grew up, you know, going to Mill Creek. So we played schools like Grayson and Norcross and North Gwinnett every single season and knowing that type of level of like high school football over there, the fact that this kid was able to get fifty four tackles, like in that like in that level is unbelievable. Exactly. exactly. And I think he's I mean, I agree with Robbie. He's easily for me, you know, obviously being from Gwinnett County, my favorite signee, of course, but I think he's the type of guy that can literally start game one. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: With Banks and, obviously, Jawan Mitchell, you know, more or less is gone after the season. I mean, he has a golden opportunity <coughs> that those guys last year, the last couple of years, haven't had. And he's got the talent and the tools to be able Absolutely. to.
2: Absolutely. I think. Yeah. it's the kind of problem you want to have?
0: I think one of those linebacker spots, man, is going to uh, Keenan Peely, who we picked up today, man. I think coming off the injury. Uh, was a defensive leader considered for BYU, the second leading tackler for the team this year. Man, like in his time at BYU, like his overall stats were insane. I know he was like a 2016, you know, guy, kind of weird for that guy to be, you know, in college football still. We've seen it though on the offensive side. Man, hey, Lord, that's so. What it? I'm playing yeah, like exactly, exactly. So coming, <laughs> coming to experience, man, coming off an injury, proving that, you know, he's healthy, good to go. Uh, obviously, you know, came for a better playing time. Tennessee was – Really impressed. Was supposed to take a visit to Alabama. Alabama was involved silent heavy there. Tennessee getting the signing done today quietly. I think that's a huge win. I think he's definitely a guy that's going to be like penciled in. In the worst case scenario, he's still in the rotation as like a so page veteran kind of guy. But I think overall, like, I think this guy is going to be bigger than people expect. Um, in his time at, you know, BYU, 190 tackles, 11 for loss, three sacks in four seasons, you know, 60 coming off an injury. Definitely expect that one to be in there. Uh, I guess I'll give my, you know, top player in the uh, 2023 class, and then I'll let Drew. I think mine, obviously, fan-wise, is going to be John Slider just because he got that dog in him. But offensively, and you know, I think my guy is going to be offensive side, it's going to be uh, Nathan Leacock, man. I think that guy is going to be a freak. I think he's going to be the next first-round pick if we don't, you know, have got one in Brew McCoy or, you know, scroll White before that. He's
2: built like Brew, and he's faster. Yes,
0: <laughs> man, and he's, he's the physicality. I feel like That's this great. Is a guy that is going to have that, you know, cedric tillman mentality but also be able to take it to the next level with his feet and feet breaking free and i think that's a perfect replacement when you're losing a big guy like setting on the outside Mm -hmm. as well so my guy is nathan leacock man i think that's a perfect evaluation by the staff like you said
2: So my thing is this is what i want to see over the future man this is this is my only knock on josh hypo it's my only knock so you're bringing in these good receivers which is what we need it's great but you only played three receivers all game, every game. Essentially, you're only playing three receivers all season until it's a blowout. How are you going to manage these top-notch wide receivers coming in? How are you going to manage that? That's what I want to see. I want to see Hype be is able to manage.
1: I I think the only reason why you saw him play only three wide receivers for the majority of this, this year is because when you have guys like Jalen Hyatt and Tillman when he was healthy, you – you, you just can't rotate those guys, especially yeah. the experience they've had in that offense and everything. Um, I think you'll see next year, just because of the amount of talent that we have with Bre McCoy, Ramil Keaton, Squirrel White, Nathan Leacock, as you mentioned, too. I mean, we got five, six, seven, almost eight guys that we will be able, I think, to consistently rotate. Um, uh, and I think he's going <clears> to <throat> give opportunities next season for those guys to be able to solidify their roles. As opposed to this year, just because I mean, well, you had arguably the best three duo wide receivers
0: for America. So. Yeah. No. I was I was told, uh coming out of a couple of bowl practices that, you know, uh Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod, the wide receivers from the twenty twenty two class, are guys that are gonna be heavily relied on in the Orange Bowl and kind of going forward, also Walker Merrill in that kind of mix. So, you know, those guys, you know kind of breaking free i think they're going to be let loose you're going to see you know more open up obviously you lost jimmy calloway and jimmy holiday so you know i think what was it Callaway signed with louisville today a nice nice yeah, little uh, hometown louisville. for him so, mm-hmm. so a nice little you know home for him uh overall though the balls wide receiver room yeah you got Leacock. you got spillman in there but overall man i think that you're going to have to see more of that rotation you're going to have those 2022 guys get involved i definitely think you need to go attack that big body wide receiver six four 220 kind of guy that has that breakaway talent in the in the portal and get a big body receiver to replace a guy like Cedric Tillman. I yeah. think Brew and Ramel Keaton is great. I think they're uh, both you know capable of being SEC starters. I think Ramel Keaton could easily step up. We saw him do it all year long. But I definitely think that that extra body is needed. And if you go on there and you get a guy like Dante Thornton or a next level guy that's you know interested in coming and visiting Tennessee, that would be a a huge huge pickup for the Vols. My I stress. gotta
2: see it. I gotta see it. Like, I hear it, but I got to see it. No, I'm talking about the rotation of the wide receivers, man. If you running an offense at warp speed this fast, when are you going to sub? Because you know damn well that's the point, second though. Tennessee subs, they're going to be like, oh, my God, yes, I can finally sub. And they're going to sub. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's the
1: point, though. But that's the thing, though. It's like you'll be able to have those opportunities when you do have, obviously, complete on first and second down to be able to rotate some guys out for different games and different plays. but so. I think that's when you're going to see it. But, man, I mean, like – but the thing is about this offense, dude, it's like if you got three guys there that are going to be able to catch the ball 95% yeah. of the time, why – you know, even as talented as some of those other guys may be on the bench, why would you rotate those guys, you know? Hear me there. out.
0: Completely. Hear me out. There's been talks that, you know, uh, Juco pickup from last year, Desmond Williams, who, you know, had electric highlights this year for pump returning. If he doesn't see the ball on the defensive side of the ball going into next year, that he might, you know, with his playmaking ability – be moved on the offensive side of the ball. If you have scroll right, and freaking Desmond Williams in the slot together, if Desmond Williams can lock down that wide receiver position in that slot role. Can you, can you imagine that kind of weapon for the offense just coming off that? Like, that would be the perfect. I, I agree, but, like, I'm sorry, but
1: how in the hell is he not getting on the field at the secondary? I mean, like, I mean, seriously, like, someone explain that to me. Like, he can't. You cannot tell me that Kamal had and Christian Charles are better than him. Did. Did you did. I mean, see when, when he I went in,
2: did, did you see when he went in? Yeah,
0: It was bad. bad.
1: But
2: then uh, when he scared. went in, it was just <laughs> as bad. I, I'd much rather <laughs> it was agree just with y'all. As bad. Who saying, you go play in the bowling, <laughs> man?
0: There's, there's, they're saying that you know Jordan Thomas and you know uh, Christian Harrison are going to get involved there, man.
2: Absolutely, yeah, you know, guys, they Absolutely. should, man. And I
0: think they should have sooner, man. I think Jordan Thomas is a dog at the safety. I think that's definitely a guy that's you know going to be able to you know. Make some things happen next year. I don't know about starting, but he's going to be in if the Jalen rotation. If Jalen
2: McCullough keep taking these stupid ass angles, he's going to get replaced. I can tell you that right now.
0: I'm, he's always had problems with hitting things, man. I don't.
2: <sighs> he just takes bad <laughs> angles, bro. Like his the angles he takes are just god awful. It's like dude. It's
1: like, I, I, first of all, Brandon's comment was very inappropriate, and second of all, well, I mean, I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this. I, I, it's only like <laughs> that uh he's coming back for another year. Why two,
0: Jamie McCullough. McCullough,
1: he,
2: he announced kn- he's coming back. Oh, yeah, that is true. But, but why?
0: Like, I, like, did you not read his paragraph, man? He had a, he gave a whole message about why he came back. Did you nah, not I, read his statement? I'll be honest with you. I did not say What
2: did it. he say, Brando? Enlighten us. Tell us yeah. what he said. Tell he basically he said,
0: in quote, that I have championships to win that I haven't won yet. Hmm, okay. okay. I like actually, actually you know what? In the day and age of this media, you deserve a direct quote. Do you want a direct quote, Rob? No.
1: No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I
0: don't really care that much. And, and if if that, the, the last sentence says senior, I will take years. better angles,
2: then I'll listen to it. But thank if it don't God, say that, I'm don't not
0: care. the same person I was four years ago or four months ago, thank God. But he, he literally is amazing. But he's still he'll still he's person. still
2: taking the bad <laughs> angles.
0: He's the same person. With, with that being said, it's still <laughs> one more degree and two championships that I set out to achieve before I when I came here. Let's go get them. He wants championships and his degree, Rob. What is wrong with that man?
2: Hey, I, I respect it, but you gotta take better angles if you want to get both. He will get that right in the bench.
0: I mean, I love, I love the
1: optimism from him, but like what Rob says, if he, if I see one more bad angle of him playing in position, just put Jack Lush on. I mean, like honestly, we got nothing to lose at this point in that position. So Mm-mm.
0: I would put Slaughter in if I put. I'm about to
2: say I'm, I'm put, I'm putting Slaughter or or, 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 or Thomas there first because I'm gonna tell you right now, ain't nobody Absolutely, playing yeah. over Wesley Walker. Wesley yeah. Rocker should have been. Wesley should have been playing all year, one, man. all year over Trayvon and that man, or Jalen McCullough. He should have been playing all year. They, and they get, better man. be lucky he didn't. He didn't leave. He better be lucky because they us. treated him. Yeah, he was finna leave. They treated him wrong, man. He should have been playing all year long. He's about to get up out of there, man. He was finna, and I don't blame him, bro. You brought this man in, yeah, telling him he was gonna team. play, and he's a veteran. He's a veteran, which is what you like to play. And then you keep them two in. Like, and I don't even want to bad talk, Flowers or McCullough. I really don't. But when you've been playing college football for four to five years and you're still taking bad angles and you're still getting hurtled on live television by a tight end and Purdue missing tackles, and like, bro, you just, bro, you, give it up.
0: I thought our season was up. over when he got ran down there in the pick game. Remember when that guy mowed him down? Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. it was over right then and there. I was oh, like, oh, damn. Bad. That was
2: like what 17 0 when he scored. Yeah, we were, I was like, bro, what is it? And then he comes back and get an interception. I'm like, I don't care, you're not redeeming yourself, you're still on
0: ESPN top one, and not for a good yeah. reason. I mm. think, I think, all in all, man, football, yeah, we, you know, a couple what, what's today's date, the 21st? We yeah, I sure. got seven days until I fly out, or not even seven, six days and a half until I'm flying out to Miami with the boy Alex, you know, kicking it in South Beach for you know, four or five days, enjoying the Orange Bowl. I think that's, you know, obviously the most thing we're looking forward to. Obviously, today's uh, days like today, very good right. for the program and the future of Tennessee. 23 enrollees, not counting, you know, the transfers, all the transfers signed. And then you know, obviously the big ones, you know, the tight end, you know, has been on multiple NFL draft boards. Uh, the uh, offensive lineman from Texas who started all 12 games, but just wanted to be the guy, guy that, you know, in his article, all he talks about was, you know, the 11 physicality for the game and going and hitting people. That got me fired up and signed up 100% behind him. And then, you know, obviously um, the linebacker today from BYU, I think that's a definitely a you know, plug-and-play guy. You're going to see them be more involved in, you know, the portal, I think, here coming soon on both sides of the ball. But you got to remember the 2023 guys. There's a lot of guys that are late bloomers that the staff is going to look at, you know, going forward. There was a Washington decommit on the defensive line side that, you know, the staff is heavily involved with over there. I'm sure they'll, you know, want to get another one or two defensive lineman guys, maybe get another safety after they missed on Tyler Scott after, you know, Sylvester Smith left. So, you know, it's not over, but, you know, all in all, to get all 23 guys signed, no one, you know, making any, you know, second thoughts or second changes, everyone's locked in this class, you know, in three to four years, we're going to be like, this is, you know, the class that, you know, Josh Heupel took it For to sure. the next level.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah, I hope, I hope that Josh yeah. Heupel and, and company, I hope <laughs> they learn from this mistake that they made today. Or this recruiting cycle because Sylvester Smith is a really, really good player. He really, was a really dollar, man, I'm so sad. Really solid player. He, that was a day one. Not, started, but I'm the not thing worried, is, bro. it's not. It's not much of a difference between him and Tyler Scott. And what you did was you got the commitment from Sylvester Smith and you and didn't you keep Tyler him, Scott warm. You didn't keep him warm. And then Sylvester flipped on you last second. You but, have to, you have to have known that Brian Harson was gonna get fired at the end of this show. You have to have times? known that his dad played at Auburn. You have to have known that he was never fully locked in with Tennessee. You right. have
0: to know that. Rob, how many times in the group chat on uh, Instagram did me and you send it back and forth? Like, oh, man, Sylvester done deleted everything off his page again. He done Tell you, man, I knew he was leaving, bro. And, you know, after the Bama game, I think, honestly, you know, not in hindsight, just being negative, on trying to, you know, make myself feel better. I think Tyler Scott was a better all-around safety, but Sylvester was a more generational talent. I think Tyler Scott was a guy that, you know, he came here for Alabama game, watched that. Uh, was completely blown away, wanted to be, you know, locked in. Even was so blown away, he got a crystal ball to Tennessee the same night that we beat mm-hmm. Bama. I remember walking, mm-hmm. you know, back to the car, you know, with the boys, and that was the first thing I saw that we got a crystal ball for Tyler Scott. A guy that I had no idea who he was, but, man, I kind of wish that he you know, was, you know, a late addition in this class. And he took the gamble, you know, you lost out on a, you know, a huge, you know, four-star safety in Sylvester who just – you know, took a random visit and boom, he was gone. But man, seeing what today, what Auburn did, man, they're all in on NIL and behind freeze. It doesn't matter, you know, it's past, you know, being whatever kind of allegations. And you nobody know, nobody did like, about that, miss, bro. they just trying all to the make hookers, man.
2: Mm-hmm. man. No one cares about that. But if you, if you, uh, a, lot, a lot of people are dumb, but a lot of people ain't stupid they and dumb at the same time.
0: They, I mean, yeah, it goes all on the to people... college football, man. All the people they flipped man, was in-state talent, but it was talent that you know was like not going to come there because of Parson and talent that was you know supposed to be Auburn legacy. So for him to get in there and kind of save that in his first class on like four weeks of the job, that was kind of crazy to see. It doesn't help us because arguably this is like the biggest class where I've seen Tennessee go into the state of Alabama and kind of raid it for talent. We you know with Ricky Gibson and then having Sylvester and everyone else there, uh, I think they're kind of going involved and get, they were able to go down there and you know get involved with top talent and. Guys that, you know, were maybe the next guy on Alabama's list, but, you know, still great players. Tyler Scott, man, I think he did sign with Auburn today, so Tennessee will look forward more. But I definitely think that the uh, the gamble, man, it was it was crazy. You just got to kind of read it, man. It's a new day and age, like we said. And kids will change up, man. You saw it all day today. You know, Nova Sad to Oregon. Dante Moore going to UCLA. Guy, like, man, like we mentioned, you can, you know, have a crazy thing happen and then still have a tremendous class, like we saw with Oregon and us today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that's just how it is, dude. I mean, you shouldn't really be too surprised about Hugh's, Hugh Freeze's turnaround, you know, at Auburn for the last year. Such I think as you know, as fishy as the guy is, you know, his <laughs> past over at Ole Miss and a couple other schools too, like he still is a hell of a recruiter. And he's won football games everywhere. And players recognize that too. And with the amount of guys that he's also put in the league just from Ole Miss alone, they see that as an opportunity. Yeah. And, and I mean, dude, it, I think it doesn't necessarily show like how good of a job Hugh Freeze has done, but more necessarily <laughs> how horrible Brian Harson was at some state. I mean, yeah. You know, it's not, it's not really that hard recruiting. Okay.
0: So apparently, apparently according to Chris Foster, Cobb hasn't signed yet and neither has Scott, but Scott is a, uh, I don't know about Cobb. Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. Scott is a UA all American game, uh commit. He's gonna be playing that in seven days. So he did sign today, but he won't announce it until that game. I've been told by like good friends that you know were told by, you know, Chad Simmons and others involved in the industry that he did sign with Auburn today. I don't wanna, you know, fuck just leak it out there, but he's probably more than likely going to Auburn and gonna be a part of that class. I'm not sure if Cobb is in that game. If Cobb is not in that all-star game and he's just waiting to get out going longer, man, I think that's definitely one. You might want to hop back in for. It. You didn't take it, you know, a scholarship with Deshaun Bishop. Maybe that was, you know, something you were doing behind the scenes that you know Tennessee can get back into because I know the interest there was for real. I mean, he's he's still liking and commenting on every single Tennessee Vols post as an Auburn commit.
2: Well, here's what's gonna get Freeze in trouble. <clears throat> here's here's a, here's the only so, knock me, on Freeze. Freeze, they beat they beat BYU. Uh, okay, heard it, heard you this heard you. year, and then they beat Arkansas. At Arkansas, right? They, they did that. The following week, who did they lose to? Do you remember off the top of your head? Ole Miss. UConn. Oh, man. They lost at to UConn. UConn. So UConn that's what's going to get free. But that's what's going to get freeze in trouble. How do you go beat a SEC school and you beat BYU and then you go and you get beat by UConn? I mean that happened at Ole Miss, though, right? But I'm saying that's what's gonna get Freeze in trouble at Auburn. He's gonna lose the game. He's not. But if he win. wins the Iron Bowl, it's like it. Do- but it doesn't matter if you lose the damn Alabama State. It don't matter. You're in not going is- to the playoffs.
1: In his defense, though, 12 teams, he- Rob. surprisingly,
0: <laughs> twelve teams, man,
1: is away. Not that bad of a loss. New Mexico State. That's a different story. That that yeah. was. Else. Oh
0: my God! Yeah. Speaking of South Alabama, Rob, are you a genius? I just got a Twitter notification from Trey Wallace. South Alabama is playing their bowl game. We have some bowl game football going on on a, on a Wednesday, man. Do we? Yeah, on the December twenty first. I think there's like two bowl games going on. That's that's just crazy. What's someone okay, remind back? What's the uh-huh? bullshit bowl game that Missouri's playing in on Friday? Um, Gas grill. Some, something, yeah, I'm- that's the UCF South Florida Tampa. Oh, right, they're
2: playing Western Kentucky right now.
0: Um, they're at back, 14. Back to Kentucky, what we're just talking about. Oh, yeah, back to the the Hugh Freeze thing, though, man. I think, uh, obviously, you're seeing with the recruiting today, Gag got back in on the uh, um, got back in on the in state talent there, and I think that's going to be, you know, a big, you know, test for a man having to go in state and recruiting out, recruiting Nick Saban, man. I know a lot of people are able to go in there, and, you know. Get some wins over him. But in that state where, you know, Nick has done what he's done the last decade, he personally you know doesn't want to slow down. I think that might, you know, it'll make or break maybe that whole legacy of, you know, Hugh Freeze wins early, man. Does that, you know, but out of
2: answer this question for me The answer to this question truthfully. Are you really out recruiting Nick Saban or are you out bidding him? That's what Auburn is doing, well, not Tennessee. Okay, but okay, that's what yeah, Auburn is doing. Okay, yeah, Auburn okay, is 100 outbidding everybody right now. That is why someone, Auburn flipped all those kids. Outbidding yeah, them. the I NIL man, at Auburn is, is very stupid, true.
0: bro. Yeah, they went they went crazy this year, man. And I I was actually you know at like 7 a.m. when I first woke up. A buddy of mine, you know that chat I'm in, um, was you know told that you know had a dinner last night. The Auburn, you know, people they feel good, like they're gonna make some noise today. Amanda, they they made some freaking noise, man.
1: So talks, bro. I, I
0: think I think when you look at that in Auburn and Alabama, uh, it just kind of depends on, you know, family legacy, where they came from, what part of Bama they're from in that in-state recruiting. And then, you know, obviously, you know, where you want to, you know, align man. you want to play for a legacy like Nick Saban or do you want to, you know, get involved with Hugh Freeze's resurgence? Um, you know, Tennessee, you know, they just, you know, were able to, you know, land their top in-state talent in the state of Tennessee. I think that's what played most in Arian Carter, because I don't think the Vols offered more money than Bama. I think Bama was on there hands and knees in Smyrna High School begging for Arian. But, you know, every last dollar they had left to fill out in that class. And you made it, you know, a great point, man, going forward in this day and age of recruiting. They're going to catch up and, you know, keep doing what they've been doing for decades. And that's being able to, you know, get top talent, you know, to just sign for whatever. That Mercedes-Benz, you know, automobile, it's, it's not slowing down, man. Hey, man, you go to Alabama parking
2: lot right now, you're going to see number Mercedes and Chargers everywhere. I tell you what, though. Hey, that you know they Chris. did, they did, they discontinuing them charges, man. So I don't know what the Alabama players is gonna get now. Maybe they just all gonna get Mercedes from this point
0: Chris, on. Chris uh, said in the chat that Hugh Freeze will be fired by twenty
2: twenty six. Damn. Hey, you know, but I, you know what, that's fair. I don't know, but 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 Hugh Freeze is gonna have to adjust to paying these players money and keeping them happy. He did it at Ole Miss. Can you do it at Auburn? Not sure.
1: I mean, I mean, it's it's much easier to win at Auburn than it is at Ole Miss. And absolutely, absolutely. You can recruit at Auburn than is Ole Miss as well. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you, I mean, my my whole entire thing is like, if you can win at Ole Miss or Mississippi State, you could win anywhere. I mean, you really can. And I, he has more resources, more tools, and he has the backing, unlike any of those Mississippi schools have. I think he'll be just fine at Auburn, and I think it actually will work out in our favor tremendously, especially considering the fact that you know we'll have these recruiting battles not just with Saban, but with Kirby Smart too. Especially since you know Auburn's only an hour and a half away from Atlanta, so you know they can easily recruit over there, and I think that's going to help us big time too. So I agree. Fired by twenty twenty six, I do think he'll be fired by the end of the decade, but probably for. You know having another prostate so i oh, don't know man <laughs> but i will crazy. say hey, kirby in, ain't giving now.
2: these players money like that kirby saying you're gonna come here you're gonna earn it you're gonna work for it. when when does that start biting kirby when does that start biting him and he starts losing recruiting battles i, I mean, hope he keeps doing that and i hope we start taking players from him. i don't care Hey, pay these players money they deserve it they putting their bodies and lives on the line Bye. for these schools that they go to they deserve not every piece of money that they're asking for but they do deserve compensation danny white if you listen and you hear this here's my suggestion to you the school makes enough money to be able to pay every single athlete on that campus every single athlete if i am you danny white You want this football program to really go where you want it to go? I make sure that every single player on that Tennessee football team is compensated. Let me see. You got 85 players on scholarship. If every player is getting twenty-five thousand dollars a year, that's a commitment of like two point five million dollars. You can you can fart out two point five million dollars at University of Tennessee. That ain't nothing. So two point five million dollars to pay 85 players twenty-five thousand dollars a year? I'm with it, Danny. If you hear this, take my idea.
0: Telling you it'll hey, work, man. Eight, eight eight of that went to our QB today, so I mean, I started, we don't
2: uh, lose to South Carolina if that boy was getting paid. Oops, sorry, my
0: bad. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true, that's true. Hey, man. Uh, yeah, man. So, all in all, man, I think you know, looking forward, obviously, uh, the season you know could have been better, whatever we mentioned, all that, but the way it ended, how it all ended, uh, today, you know, getting to the finish line of that recruiting class, I think that is one of the uh biggest successes for the balls this year. Hey, are we just uh are we just not gonna talk about that
1: basketball game that happened to you? That's that's,
0: that's what I'm that's what I'm getting <laughs> into, Drew. So we've been, you know, rambling about early signees and high school freshmen and 18 year old kids for about an hour and thirty minutes now. How about those basketballs? You know, Rob, last week when we did our show, um, it was before the Arizona game we, you know, told, you know, we said it was gonna be a dog fight. It was gonna be a close game. Um I was right about the score prediction, but not for the right team. Yeah, and, you
2: did 75-70 uh, or something like that.
0: You did yeah, say that. I I had the score prediction right, not for the right team. But man, we we left some on the court. But boys, let's be honest about this game. Give me your opinions, let it loose, go Maryville, mad, Alcoa, Angry, Fair, good Fierce, whatever you gotta do, Drew. What was your takeaway from that Arizona game, man, in Tuscan? That was just Oh, yeah. No, I mean bizarre. don't get me wrong. I'm, Um, I'm still a pal pissed off about it for sure. But
1: um, I mean, the the big thing for me, like is you know. it's easy to blame the refs on this, especially considering Arizona had 17 more free throws than, you know, the Tennessee did. And there was a lot of very questionable calls, especially those last couple minutes. Dude, we had so many open shots in those last five minutes, and especially a couple wide-open threes for Tyree Key, too, where, like, in those situations, you got to knock those down. I mean, and you really do. And, I mean, there's a lot – I mean, there's – you know, you can take away that, but, like, also – fucking euros
0: man i mean like my god like this is- <laughs> <laughs> drew went from being the euros double double king to saying fucking euros man this this,
1: this guy's a 50 year senior and he's still acting like an 18 year old like just he
0: went to arizona and got fucking flashbacks to his freshman year at arizona state
1: oh for love of god i mean just like take your fucking basket and get back and play defense i mean like you don't need to be chirping the guys ear especially three
0: you <laughs> <Robbie> good <Gubber. laughs> Dude, it killed our momentum. I mean, it literally killed our. Like have you got like an 80 run to, to them cutting it to a two point lead. I mean, it was awesome. <sighs> hey, man, all I know is that the Euros I met at all those fire tail games, my man was a dog and I was scared as hell. But let me tell you, man, when he go on that basketball court, there's some questionable things going on. Let me tell you something, man. Let
2: me tell you something about Euros.
0: You, man. Tell me, Rob. Tell me, Rob. Let
2: me man. tell you something about Euros.
0: <clears throat> tell me, Rob.
2: If Euros don't get his together, I'm I'm telling you, Rick Rick Barnes is not going to play him because you are hurting your team and you're costing your team. That's number one, all right? Number two, Tennessee deserved to lose that game Saturday. No one's going to like me saying that. You might piss some people off, but I don't care. (laughs) I'm going to take my orange glasses off and tell you the truth, and I'm going to tell you why Tennessee deserved to lose that game. Number one, the defense was not good in the second half. It was not. It was not good in the second half. A lot of open shots and a lot of easy layups, okay, for one. Number two, we had four chances, I'm sorry, three chances down one point to take the lead, tie whatever the case may be. We did not. Number three, you can blame referees for games all you want to, but and you know this brando i played collegiate basketball i played really? at a very high level you, you never told know. me that shut up, oh wait shut up. <laughs> but i played collegiate basketball so i'm saying this like i said without my orange glasses on you can blame the refs all you want to but anytime you put the game in the refs hands you are going to lose 10 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. tennessee put the game in the refs hands and they lost the game and they deserved to lose it as simple as that Zakai ziggler had 21 points Man. And we lost.
0: Sancy, Olivier
2: Kemal had like what eighteen <laughs> points, and we lost. Santiago Vescovi shot one for forty nine. Bro, you're not gonna win basketball games like that. You're gonna you're gonna come off of a down screen. You're gonna come off of a down screen and shoot a fadeaway three air ball. I understand you got the green light, but that should have been a yellow light caution, <laughs> my brother. Don't shoot that bullshit. Don't I mean, shoot that.
0: But man, like okay, the last two games from Maryland, and Arizona, man. Like, let's just be honest. I know he had a hot start today going four four at one point, but Sandy yeah, Alexander, against man, Knoxville
2: like, Catholic. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah, that, that's shit. very
0: true. Uh from the mid-state Austin people put some respect on Clarksville, Tennessee. Um <laughs> man, like the, the Maryland, Arizona game, man, like his shoulders just wasn't a hundred percent. And you know, props wow. to Sandy for playing. You know, some guys, gonna on this, you know, roster have some lingering injuries and not, you know, want to step on the court. But, you know, props to Sandy for going out there and being that extra guy on the court because, you know, Zakai couldn't do it all by himself. But Zakai, man, you know, having that extra body does give him the chance of what we saw, you know, to drop 21 and this will not be enough. I think it's crazy, you know, coincidental when you look at the uh, the Arizona game in Knoxville versus the one in Tuscan, how like exactly it is flip-flops. It's just, you know, crazy to me. Uh, I know, obviously, like Drew and you know, kind of had that doubt early. I saw on the Twitter we had that little interaction where he was like tapping out, and then that technical foul happened, right? And we're like, everyone's like, "Oh shit!" Like we got some hope. You know, Tennessee came back and got that three. They, they, I agree with Rob and Drew. Like we had that chance to go out there and win. You know, yeah, we can blame the refs like we want, but you know, when you leave that on the court like you did and the shooting that you did, man, the offense just wasn't there. And to have the lead that you did at one point, man, it was it was just. I mean it's gotta be something to that has to be fixed, man. I've been saying all year on the show in basketball, like we gotta match the defense with the offense. And I know the defense wasn't its best, but I feel like it was good enough. I'm gonna when, tell you but, the
2: problem, bro. I'm gonna tell you the big problem right here. <clears throat> here. I love Rick Barnes, I love him to death. I never I won't down talk Rick Barnes. I I, I won't say anything about him okay. bad, but I do not agree with him. Why would you bring in a top-notch shooter, one of the best shooters in the country, and you got him playing point guard. I don't understand it. Tyreek well, King is not a point guard. He is a bona fide scorer. So we need a bona fide scorer to go get a bucket. And we don't have one because the one that we do have plays point guard. That man well, don't want to play on top point of that, guard, that, I agree
0: with I agree with you, Say, of the top-notch shooter. We brought in a top-notch shooter. We brought one in in our recruiting class, too, from Knoxville, Tennessee. His name is B.J. Edwards, who's never you know seen the court. Or Tennessee, and but, a lot of people are wondering kind of
1: why. Well, defense, Rick, that's did you did you see the end of the game tonight? Defense, no defense offense to literally, him. Literally, the reason why we haven't seen him play at all is because he is a liability on defense. Exactly, I mean, he's been all year. I mean, he has the potential to be a starter, you know. Yeah, next he's got to grow up, man. He's not ready yet. Like, see, Rick, Rick Barnes emphasizes on defense. The- I mean, that's why we have one of the best defenses in the country. And if you're number a, one, to be exact, not, not gonna, he's not going to play you. I mean, like, yeah. But they need to figure out that point guard rotation, especially. There was at one point that fucking Mayshack was, like, was dribbling down the court. Like, yeah, you know, turned like, the ball over. Like, what is going on up there? I mean, like, there, there's, there's just some things that you just need to get that sorted out. And, Grant, I know it's still December. There's still plenty of basketball. You know, we got conference play next week. But when you still, you know, almost into the new year, you do not have a solidified, you know, point guard in your starting five rotation. That's a little concerning. My other thing, too, is that I'm surprised neither of y'all talked about this from for the game last Saturday was that Julian Phillips was completely MIA. I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, we might as well have been playing with four guys out there, honestly. Like, that's how much of an effect that he had. But um, I mean, you got it. You got to – I mean, it's a big opportunity for you, not just you know, just to get the win, but like even solidify your first round draft pick status and things like that. He's got mm-hmm. to show up in some of these games. And I don't know what the deal is with Triple J too, but we got. I mean, they they got to figure something bro, out. like apparently, it's like it's not even like
0: yeah, knee. it's like a lingering issue. But like some like bro, like if, if he has that extra year, man. At this point, like if you're like. These games where we needed him in Maryland and Arizona, he wasn't able to go, man. Coming in the SEC play, if he can't go halfway the season, I think you just call it quit and bring him back next year, man. I know he's been here for, you know, so long, and you don't want to do that and have another, like, kind of John Fulkerson story. But I think that's the best for I Triple do. J. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you obviously want those guys, like, Triple J who came in as a five-star, like, he wanted him to kind of probably have a better ending than that. But he's
2: a tad bit overrated. He was. No he's- offense to him.
0: He was a tad bit overrated, but he was huge for us uh, like
1: that second half of the season last yeah, year. Especially in the last 10, 12 games. And he's still I mean he you know, unlike, you know, a you know, a few five star prospects that we've had over the years, like Swiper Boy or Scotty Hobson or Robert Hubs, like he's shown flashes as to why he's a five star, you know. And I mean the talent's definitely there, but I don't I don't know if he comes back next year though. Like if you if you shut him down for the rest of the year. I've really I think that there's some point where he might – he may just call up, you know, just say that he's done with it. I mean, he's been at the program for almost six years now, you know.
2: Yeah, you never know. You honestly never know. I would love to see him come back, though. He's a, he's a real good player, you know. So, they you know, initially coming out of high school, they thought he was NBA ready. Yeah. They thought he was, but you know, he needed a couple years to adjust, you know, and now he's one of our better defensive players, one of our better offensive players. But you know, he has that lingering knee issue. I will say this about the ball handling issues. I won't say no names, but I will say this. Yuri Collins should be at Tennessee, and you who messed it up, I can't stand you. And that's all I'm gonna say. Yuri Collins should be here. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it. Wait, at
0: wait that. what's your name? Big shot rock. I mean, oh wait. Yeah. Um <laughs> Rob, Rob, I mean, oh. um, so yeah, God, I, I totally agree, man. Obviously, uh, tonight played Austin P. Um, very much improved. Olivier leading the team in twenty-one points, man. Like that guy has, you know, definitely been stepping up. He has some questionable like sequences on the in the in the games, but like all in all, like he's been everything we need down low. And I definitely think you know with Euros kind of not giving us anything, him and Jonas to do, and the mix of Mayshak being able to have his presence wherever, that's kind of helped us out. Uh, props to the defense getting back on track, not allowing over 50 points. I know it was Austin P, like he said, Knoxville Catholic West or whatever. <laughs> but still, still a still an impressive game. Tennessee shooting, you know, 56 from the 56% from the field, 44.4% from three. You had a uh, Santiago obviously knocking him down early. Tyreek Key and Zakai got them a few. Definitely a much needed game. You know, about to finally hop into SEC play here already. Man, playing Ole Miss next. Uh, probably a huge game just to kind of get that feel of SEC play. I think like those games obviously are more important for the overall seating and record for the, the year. Drew, yeah. Ole Miss coming up on the schedule, man. What do you kind of look for? I forward think to? a really
1: good, favorable matchup for us, especially starting off conference play. Because, uh, I mean, you know, going on the road any, you know, against any team in the SEC is always tough, but Ole Miss is, I mean, let's just be real, they're not very good. They lost to Wofford yesterday, so they're not, you know, they're. They're mediocre. They're probably very you know below. I mean, I'd say they're probably you know bottom five, bottom six teams as far as the conference goes. But uh, I mean, you know, it'd still be good to start off one and up. But uh, I'm really excited uh, to start off the new year playing uh, Mississippi State at home. I think that yeah, is,
2: they're undefeated too.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I think that is going to be a fantastic game to watch.
2: I think it's. I think it's going to be a blowout. You think it'll be a blowout? I do. Look I at Mississippi know, I State. Know. No, no. I'm listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me, bro. Listen to me. <laughs> I am not knocking Mississippi State at all. I am not trying to downplay them. None of that. Look at their schedule and look at our schedule, and then you look how the game should unfold. That's that. That's what I'm
1: saying. I agree with that. I would, you know, I would say that we should be at least a six to seven point favorite, and we should win relatively easily. But. I mean, they're still a top-15 team. They're still, you know, a pretty decent basketball team that will probably wind up making the tournament this year. And it'll look good on a resume as well. Um, but, you know, you start off with Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. All three of those games should be very winnable. And then after that, you know, we play Kentucky at home. Yeah. Chris Lofton retiring as number five. Um, so, I mean, you know, good way to start off 3-0. And potentially you're looking at a top-10, you know, matchup with Kentucky, you know, a couple of weeks from now.
0: So, it should be. Oh, no, yeah, man, I definitely, you know, got that one scheduled on my calendar. But like you said, man, that Mississippi State game looking, you know, mighty scrumptious. And then, you know, this old Miss game definitely should be uh, an easy first win in conference. I definitely think a lot of things got to get cleaned up, but we will probably see that going into play. Uh, if we are without Triple J going into conference play and, you know, that does happen or whatever does happen in that situation, if he's not able to come back and contribute some, man, I still kind of do feel confident just because, of what Tennessee's been able to kind of do without and They've been involved in games, and they've kind of beat themselves in their two losses. But obviously uh, the referee not going our our way in Arizona, and then the struggle to kind of wake up in Nashville against Colorado, who is a surprisingly good but not good Colorado team. They beat teams they shouldn't, and they lose the teams they shouldn't. So all in all, man, I think going forward you're going to see it get cleaned up. But the biggest thing that's always on the mind when it comes to Tennessee basketball is always going to be March, And I think this roster right here, uh, if they clean things up, man, like I think I I agree with Rob with what we said the last two weeks. The last few games have been those Sweet 16, Elite 8 warm up games, and especially against Kansas early in the year. Mm -hmm. Playing big games early, man, I think that's going to kind of benefit the balls going late.
2: It should. It should. And we'll see, man. You know, we honestly, if we're being honest, we've repeated ourselves the last few years. Oh, man, this team's got a chance. And then they're going to lose in the second round. You know what I mean? So. We'll see, man. You just got to be ready to play at the right time. And I'll end on this. I'm going to read you the first 11, 12 games that Mississippi State has played. I'm going to leave it at this. Texas A&M Corpus Christi, garbage. Akron, garbage. Arkansas Pine Bluff, garbage. South Dakota, garbage. Marquette, Hmm, decent. Utah, garbage. Omaha, garbage. Mississippi Valley State, garbage. Minnesota, garbage. JSU, struggle win, Garbage nickel State struggling, garbage, and lost tonight to Drake, fifty-two to fifty-eight. So, like I said, Tennessee's gonna whoop that ass when they come to Knoxville. I'm telling they you, you they ain't play nobody. They lost to Drake, Drake? Bro. Drake, and they beat Nichols by like two points at home. I'm from, telling you, when they come to Knoxville, they getting their ass whooped. I'm telling you, the right? Guy now. from
0: the Grassy Bro, that's
1: kind of crazy. <sighs>
0: Goddamn it, Brando! <laughs>
2: I'm just telling you, bro. <laughs> Hey, I mean, hey,
1: we should we should win that game by double digits, but exactly, it will still look good on the resume that we have talked. Top, top yeah, so I'm all for sure. It. Okay, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Listen, listen, today is what I keep looking at the same day. Like I haven't seen it twice now. Twenty first, man. Yeah, so six days from now, all I know is that you know five a.m. sharp Central Time. I'm hopping on that plane, heading to South Beach, going to Miami for a. Uh, even though the opt outs have kind of been, you know. A downer for the balls. I'm going in there expecting a not win, man. Me. I'm going in there expecting, expecting a
2: win. Oh. And uh yeah, two
0: options. Seen... Nope. Yeah. We my, my boy Darnell could Wright have been playing, a lot worse. Uh, go, Darnell
2: bro. is playing. All right. So think about this. I'm not I'm not comparing the players, but
0: I am because when, they're, when, they're when, when,
2: or... But listen, when Squirrel White comes in, it's essentially the same thing. You're throwing a deep ball to the fastest man in the doggone stadium. All right. True. Number one, number two, Cedric Tillman barely played all season long, and Tennessee went ten and two. It's not a big deal. It's not.
1: I, I agree, with Rob, on this one. I will say this: the importance. Wait, of I having, agree with y'all. Having Darnell Wright being made, way bigger of a deal than losing High or Tillman.
2: Exactly. <laughs> way so anybody's going to be here. good in this offense. No disrespect to any player, but in this offense, Josh Heupel's we're scheme agreed, will be man. good enough to Back. get you decent stats. Jayla Hyde just said, "I'm going for it this year." You know what I'm saying? But anybody is obviously going to get good stats. If you're a decent player and a competent player, you know how to run a route or go routes,
0: she, you good. I'm going to continue to uh, state my take that this offense is like a chessboard. Josh Hypel is the player and he, his players are his, you know, his pieces, man. You've seen this guy, you know, whatever he agrees with the man. I think, you know, Joe can fix, you know, his issues. That you're going to see him kind of take this offense maybe even to a next level, just to honest with you. I think the receivers are there. I think Squirrel White replicates Jalen Hyatt uh, pretty well, if not even better, you know, with his, you know, uh, progression early on in his career. For Mel Keaton, we saw his, you know, breakaway, you know, games. He's going to be a huge contributor. And then, you know, Brew McCoy playing in that game, also coming back next year. I think the success is going to be there. Uh, all the pieces are there, man. And if Tennessee can get it figured out, get Joe Milton locked in. I think that's everyone's biggest question on offense And I think even Joe knows that because the quote that came out today, you know, having all the orange bowl practices, obviously you've seen him, you know, mentoring Nico and everything, but I think he understands himself what he has to work on himself, kind of saying that, you know, this is my team. Now I see myself as the starting quarterback at the Tennessee volunteers, and I got to go out there and, you know, uh, you know, work for it. And I think going to the orange bowl, I've mentioned it multiple times. is going to be personal, kind of going home game for him against the sec or an ACC team like Clemson man overall. A lot of, you know, family is going to be involved. And I think Joe has something else to prove to him going into next year and, you know, his story going forward. So that would be one I definitely think is the biggest question mark for everybody in the Orange Bowl. I think we are, you know, confident that Squirrel Wright and Ramel Keaton can produce. But, you know, is, you know, Joe Milton going to be able to figure out, you know, the Vanderbilt issues? Because Vanderbilt's defense was asked. They weren't there. But if, you know, other teams can make plays and create turnovers, I think, you know, that's just going to be something that might stop the offense.
2: Yeah, I mean, how, how do you underthrow and overthrow Jalen Hyatt? That's true, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he underthrew him on to that be first half a little bit. Jalen shouldn't have failed, he should have scored, but it was a little bit of an underthrow. And then he threw that mug 10 yards out the end zone, and Hyatt couldn't even get to it.
0: It's like, bro, I watched the game back for Vanderbilt and like being there, man, like that, that game was a lot more muggy than it was on TV, like it was coming down.
2: Okay, well, I'll chalk it up today. I'll take your word
0: for it. Yeah, so, like, after, like, that first possession where he connects in that deep ball, like, beautiful, we're like, oh, my God, holy shit. After that, man, like, it did start coming down. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was kind of minimized by Tennessee. You know, their running game was just –
2: Yeah, the run game was crazy.
0: Insane, man. Like, it's just, you know, crazy looking at that and going forward next year. I think that's going to help Joe a lot. His read option ability, is he going to be more physical on that end? And if he can connect on those mid – you know, those mid balls or those deep balls, man, I think it's just – all the success for Tennessee to kind of repeat what we did this year on offense is there. I think he has the perfect opportunity to solidify his status as the starter for next
1: year. If he has a good performance next Friday, if he's able to get a performance where he has, you know, 250, 300 yards of the <clears throat> passing and a couple touchdowns and a win, I think he's a guaranteed starter next year. I really do. Um, but man, if we struggle and he kind of looks like shit and he's overthrown guys 15, 20, 25 yards down the field, I think it's a wide open door. Come March and April, uh, during spring practice, on who's going to be uh, our game one starter against
0: Virginia. But well, well, I'm telling you right now, man, man I'm, I'm telling, telling you right now, gonna it's, hear yeah, it's going it. it's, it's it's to be Nico
2: that, that quarterback room.
0: And I know, I know look, it's, a, bro, it's a topic for another show. I'm, I'm gonna it. say
2: what folk don't want to hear. Yeah, I'll say this and I end at this. Yeah, Nico is coming. You don't sign a five star player and pay him eight million to sit him down on the bench. Sure. If you watch him on tape, you can see. There's not really a difference outside of weight between Nico and Joe. Nico has a I mean, bro, very even strong the, even the- arm, pops out his hand quick. If Joe, wanted- if Joe screwing up game one, game two,
0: here comes okay. Nico. I wanted, you know, to get through, you know, this week and next week, so we kind of avoid that topic going into next season. But, man, that's definitely on top of everyone's minds, man. You've seen the, you know, the two minutes of clips that we saw from the practices of Nico, you know, having those drills and, like, the learning of how he's already learning it early and getting those 15 bowl practices under his belt and then it's going to go into a a whole, you know, spring season and, you know, fall camp under high school and kind of be ready year one. I I know everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, you're forgetting Taven Jackson, you're forgetting Taven Jackson, man. (laughs) is guy, like, he's going to have his chance, you know, to compete in spring, but, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Nico truly is, you know, unless Nico has a terrible spring, you know, I think he's projected to have a really good one. And i just think that overall man like rob said like you don't make that investment and i think you know it's going to suck to kind of lose Tavon Jackson. i think he's a great quarterback but i think kind of the writing's on the wall of what's going to kind of happen there but but man i think you know going forward like the question has to be this team obviously like you said drew it's going to come off of what he does in miami he does joe milton which joe milton shows up and if you know hypo can trust you know look in the mirror and say that like that's my quarterback all right, let's ride with Milton for a few games. But, you know, when that time comes and that first mistake comes, you know what the first thing is going to be said on Twitter, and it's, it's Nico's time in Tennessee. So. Yeah. Here's
2: the only thing Nico has to worry about, in my opinion. Can he grasp the mental side of it? If he can grasp the mental side and be okay, he's going to be probably the best quarterback to ever play here. You know who else had that same potential to be the best quarterback to ever play here or one of? Jerry Gantino.
0: Oh, my the God. The same.
2: He had Rob. the potential to be the one of the best quarterbacks since Peyton Manning. But because he was a head case, he couldn't get right. But if you look at JG throw that football, there is not a throw in the football field he cannot make. He is gifted. He just mentally, he just can't handle it. If Nico can get the mental side of it down, he will be better than Peyton Manning. We're
0: stuck under, you know, signed under Butch Jones, and you're, you're falling up by that with Jeremy Pruitt. There's really you not, not a lot of. Absolutely, going to be involved. I mean, I really but
2: you've seen games where he flashed and showed that he could handle it. I mean, three one hundred yard receivers at Missouri.
0: We're entering Jared Garantano. Uh, I will. I will at least. Guys, we like, just signed Nico,
1: whatever he did, his name is, he
0: did Offensive coordinators in four years. So, I mean,
1: like, yeah, you just you, it's, it was just an unfortunate time that when he came to Tennessee. So. I
0: agree, I agree. Listen, man, we definitely got. Our guy in this five-star quarterback, and I think Nico definitely has been more locked in not seen a lot of recruits, you know, to have that kind of, you know, uh, hype overall. You know, everyone knows the number that was involved. Everyone knows the expectations, what is coming into it to Josh Heupel. Everyone knows what happened to Hinton Hooker and how he's going out. The keys are expected to be passed. Obviously, Joe has his ability to, you know, make his name and, you know, be Tennessee's starting quarterback. But when it comes down to it, man, the first mistake happens, I, I still think that the thing is going to be, you know, Nico. Bro, Joe can
2: Uh, win the Heisman if he get it together. He literally—that's what I'm saying. Uh, He just got to fix. He literally could win the
0: Heisman. You say fix some things, but like it's you know they had a year to do it, man, and like now you're going through bowl practices. You know maybe that one you know game starting getting back starting. Maybe that's what it was going into another game as a starter in a huge game like this in Miami, man. Like it's gonna be an 8 p.m. kickoff, the most watched game, probably bowl game because the Sugar Bowl is before the playoffs. I think this game is going to have the whole world's attention, Tennessee versus Clemson, even, you know, all the teams that hate us. They're going to be wanting to watch this game. And if, you know, Joe shows out, I think that puts Tennessee on the radar for next year. You know, people probably thinking in the back of their heads, oh, this is a one-year thing for Tennessee. Josh Heupel, you know, got lucky and had a crazy lucky year. There's no way Tennessee has the ability to do this. You just saw one of the best class in a while. If you're attacking the trench reporter. You're replacing every key figure. There's, you know – the departures that you are losing, like we've said, we're losing three guys and Darno Wright, Jalen Hyatt, and, you know, Cedric Tillman on the offense. There's no reason that this game, Tennessee shouldn't be able to go out there and compete with Clemson. There's, there's just no reason. Yeah, man. I agree, bud. So I guess next Wednesday will be like our game or bowl game pre-show. Hopefully Alex will be on that show. Maybe Rob's winning us again. Uh, a lot of things might be changing for the ASTD for the foreseeable future. We'll kind of see how that projects. I know a lot of people have been taking time off during the vacation season, but come next week, I know all these bowl games happening right now. I'm about to dive into some watching myself. Uh, fans are going to be locked in. I think everyone's going to be excited, and I'm expecting a lot, a lot of orange in Miami. I know me and Alex are sitting in a section like 118. Uh, be on the lookout for us tweeting out on the on the page about a lot of, you know, pregame vibes uh, for the day before. I know there's going to be, you know, balls taking over Miami. Definitely going to travel for that, be on the lookout for that. Boys, I'm excited, hopping on the plane, going to Miami. Any last closing thoughts? Tennessee basketball, Tennessee football, crazy signing day. Uh, looking forward, you know, playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, going 10-2 on the season, a chance to go 11-2. We would have not thought this was possible. Overall thoughts on the trajectory?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's I, it was a successful signing day today. Uh, you know, got everyone that we really expected. Um, still – Still been an incredible football season. Hey, it's going to be exciting to see uh, Tennessee playing their first Orange Bowl in 25 years next Friday. Mm -hmm. So, huge, huge year, too, for Hypo. And, uh, man, the future's bright on Top. There's no doubt about that. Hey,
2: it's great to be a Tennessee Vile, man. See y'all next week. Yes, sir.
0: Be on the lookout for more content. I know we're going to be back here next Wednesday, but also be on the lookout for some mini-episodes. Just a lot of more content, man. Going to try to mix it up here soon. But definitely gonna to try to get the full crew back together next week. Big week. Balls gonna continue in ball practice. Get there. New signees involved heavily and see if you can kind of make some noise for themselves. A lot of guys got a lot of a lot of time to prove a lot of things. And until then, uh, we just kind of keep up going into the offseason and covering these basketballs as they enter the uh, SEC play. But until next time, I guess we'll see you next Wednesday. Good night and uh, go balls, baby.
1: Go balls, baby.